this record? Oh yeah, it's recording. It's recording. Hello, I'm Catherine Claire. Welcome to our Aminal podcast. I'm the host, and this is my co-host Anna Clary. I am Anna. Hello. Welcome back to the Aminal Podcast. Today we're interviewing Mrs. Hendricks from Texas. Yeehaw! We're interviewing Mrs. Hendricks about pipevine swallowtails. Where does the pipevine swallowtail get its name? Ah, that's a great, a great question. Um, there, we there. Here's a here is this leaf. This comes from a plant called Aristolochia. Can you say that? I love it. It's fun to say. It tickles your lips. Say it. Aristolochia. Aristolochia. Okay, that's its fancy name. It's it's not so fancy name is pipe vine. And I went out and looked this morning because when it has seed pods, and I know you know about seeds and what they look like on plants. It comes out in a little curved, a little curve. I can't like, like the bot, like a J, like a J is how it looks. And the old timey pipes that you might have seen old pictures of Santa Claus or old Dutch people smoking these pipes that went down like that. That's how it got its name from, from that. It looks like a pipe. So they called it a pipe vine. So good question. You you found the reason that got named. And our audience will too. Yes. <laughs> what does it eat? It's very interesting with, with butterflies that and, and because you know now they have two two different times of their life, caterpillars and butterflies. So when they are caterpillars, they have mouths that can bite and chew, not people, plants. When they are butterflies, what is that curly thing that comes out of their mouths? Pro-bus-nectar. Right. So only the butterflies eat nectar. And the butterflies can go to all different kind of plants. But the baby, when the when she decides, when the mama, mama butterfly decides to lay an egg, she has to find the kind of plant that her caterpillars, her babies, her larvae will eat. Some butterflies, which are all over the place, can eat any kind, but some of them only eat one kind. And this is just one kind of Aristolochia. It has a real funny smell to it, um, but they have Aristolochia in Connecticut, in Southern Connecticut, along the shore. So there are pipe vine swallowtails up there. This is milkweed. Do you, have you learned about that yet? That's yes, in our um, in the podcast right before this one, we learned about monarch butterflies, and yes. they only eat milkweed. Exactly. And if you if you break open the stem, there's I can't see if you can see it. There's it has this milky white sticky stuff that comes out. But, but those two kind of caterpillars can only eat those kind of plants. If they're butterflies, they can eat all over the place. But when they come, when it's a caterpillar, 
It can only eat one kind. Please describe what a doll pine swallowtail looks like. Okay. Have you ever heard of a swallow? Do you know what kind of bird a swallow is? It's a bird that has its wings kind of pushed back behind it. So a swallow tail, its tail has these little things at the end. Those, that makes it a swallow tail. There are lots of different kinds of swallow tails. Pipe vine swallow tail is really pretty. It's like dark black and dark blue with those little swallow tails at the end. That's very pretty. And it doesn't look anything like it's caterpillar. It's red and black. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not black and blue. What is the spikes for? What are the spikes for? The spikes on the caterpillar or on the butterfly? On the caterpillar. On the caterpillar. That's also, also, you girls, you asking the best questions. The cat, I don't know if you know this yet, but caterpillars go through different stages. Have, do you wear the same clothes you wore when you were still in the crib? No. No. If you wore, if you still had that shirt on, what would happen to it? It would explode. It would explode. And that's what happens. <laughs> so when it first hatches out of the egg, which by the way is orange that matches those spikes I showed you, um, it, they're just little dots. And every instar, every time it sheds its skin and gets bigger, it has, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know what they have decided it's for? Remember how I told you this leaf that it eats kind of smells bad? It has some what they call toxicity, which means a little bit of poison in it. So that if you were, a, say, a mockingbird that loves to eat bugs and came down and had a bite of that, and you would go and spit it out, no good. And so they have those spikes on there, they think, as a warning, saying, look who I am. You don't want to eat me. That's really cool. Yeah. Who are their who are the predators? The there well, and that's an interesting thing. Any uh, uh I call it the, sometimes they call it the one bite rule if you have a dog <laughs> that you can let it bite once and then after that you have to do something bad with that dog. If, uh, but anyway, it, the birds or whatever kind there're lots of birds that eat butterflies, which is why pollinator gardens, which I'm sure you will be with, with your mom and your grandmother, you'll know about uh, growing gardens where butterflies can live. And that, that also feeds the birds. But this, the larva, the caterpillar, almost, well, I've started to say too many things at once. Um, the larva have this, um, enemy here in Houston called a, a Cuban anole, which is a um, lizard that came in off the ships. We're a port like you, your grandmother and I, I'm actually my relatives, my ancient relatives were from Southern Connecticut from the port area and all kind of things get off those boats and uh, come into a, uh, move into this new environment, the new area where it lives. And the Cuban anole, guess where it's from? Cuba. <laughs> and it 
can eat the larva. Hardly anything else can eat this larva. And, uh, but the Cuban anole, I sent your mom a picture of one sitting on my sprinkler, just sitting in the middle of all the Aristolochia, waiting for a larva to come by and it, and it can eat them. And sadly, they have become so uh, numerous, so many of them have grown that last year, I, uh, this year, I didn't have any larva get past, get big enough to make a, a, a chrysalis. Since podcasts are just like recordings, uh-huh. can you like explain what the anoles look like? You, of course, of course. And um, we, and I live in a, in a warm climate. I was just outside working in the garden, in fact. And so we have, and, and you know, lizards are uh, cold-blooded, which means in the winter in cold climates, they really don't move around. They don't eat down here where I live. They eat all the time. So it's a small lizard about, if your mom spread out the size of her hand, it would go, it's her, right. The head would go from this part of her hand and her ta- and the tail would go to this and they're skinny. Can you like- can you name the fingers that it was yeah, right? Thank you. That's a gosh, you are good at podcasts because their people aren't going to be seeing my hand. That is great. And a no, or if you speak Spanish, which we most of us down here do, uh, it's an anole, and it would go its head would go from the tip of the thumb to the tip of the little baby finger. So it, uh, in, a, in a, an adult, if an adult lizard and an adult person, but yeah, that's right. And it's skinny. It, it's very, it, it looks like a, a big, it's wider than a pencil. It's if you put two pencils together, how about that? That would be about its size. And it, it is brown, but when it gets mad, it turns really dark brown. Now here's the difference between the anole that, used to be here, which now I don't see so much in this, is that these are fast ground lizards. I can open the door and all of a sudden they run away so fast that I can't catch them. And so it's harder for birds to catch them. It's harder for um, other snakes and things around here to catch them. So they really have uh, taken over our, our area. The, the, our other lizards can't aren't fast enough to compete with them for food. Does that hurt the pipeline, or are they like on the endangered list? Or? No, they're not. They're not because, as I said, uh, pipeline swallowtails go all the way from Texas to Connecticut. There's a little few of them in California. California always has kind of a weird, a weird plant situation, but uh, it, they are not, and it's the same. It's the same with monarchs. They are not endangered. What is endangered is their migration. They, because the pro, remember how I told you both of these plants, both the milkweed and the aristolochia taste terrible. So if say you're growing cattle and your cattle, some, some ranchers think that these things make their cattle sick. So they'll take the aristolochia and the, and the milkweed out of the fields. So, um, no, it, they are not endangered, but and uh, they are uh, just part of this beautiful world still. Tell us more about migration. 
Tell us about the, okay, the, the, the swallowtails in my area do not migrate because we, we only have a freeze every couple of years and enough of them survive. The monarchs do migrate, as you know, and they, they but it's a long way from Houston. You know you have monarchs where you live. It's a long way from Mexico where they overwinter or on the Texas border where they overwinter, where they spend the winter to Connecticut. So they don't live that long. Butterflies, except the ones that hibernate, um, don't live, usually live about two weeks. And so to make that trip, they have to stop and lay eggs and grow caterpillars and then another group. I didn't know them. some of them hibernated. Can you talk uh-huh. about how they hibernate? Yes. Like where and like you have the best questions. So they're not like bears that live in Connecticut and New Jersey. They don't find a little cave and, and, or even some of the squirrels do that up there. Um, And what they do is they turn down. If you put your hand on your cheek, you feel that it's warm or even your neck is even warmer. So what your, your body has to have food to make that heat. So a butterfly would have to be having going out and looking for food to keep itself warm. So what it does is find a branch in Mexico or the Texas border um, and they fold their wings up above them and let their temperature drop. So it's, it's not like they're snoring hibernating. They're just kind of, it's like um, there's this a place in uh, in animal life that's called suspended animation, estivation. Frogs do this too. Did you know that? They bury themselves under the mud in cold places and then let their bodies cool down and not let their heart rate go very low. Of course, butterflies don't have hearts, but that's another, that's another, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> How do they pump it, blood if they have no hearts? And that, okay, they have, they have, oh golly, you all are so smart. I love talking to you all. Okay, they, what they have is a long tube. And do you know why we, why we need blood? Why, what it does for us? It, it carries it, everything from all parts of our body right. to other it parts of our bodies. Oxygen, so our cells can have those little fires in them that make energy. And it, and it takes food. It takes the nutrients. So, but butterflies are so small. They just have these tubes that go all through their body. And then uh, I guess you could call it a heart, but it isn't a separate thing. Those muscles in the body, in the, especially the thorax, which is the end part, you know, the butterfly has a head, a thorax where the legs are and the muscles are and an abdomen where all the, where all the organs are. And and that those muscles just squeeze that those tubes and the juice, which has it's not called blood, um, squirts everywhere into uh, the butterfly. So anyway, so when it goes into hibernation, it slows that down. It doesn't need want to use food. And sometime I bet your mom can find a YouTube on when the butterfly, when it starts getting warm in Mexico and the butterflies start waking up. I've seen it lots of times. It's pretty wonderful. Anyway, that's how, that's how they hibernate. Let me try that again. Hibernate. 
describe the butterflies waking up and okay well so think about if you had been oh they hang upside down they 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 grab a tree branch and then they hang upside down with their wings folded above them folded folded like butterflies usually that's something you might not have noticed do you notice that butterflies keep their wings when they're resting above them together like clapping hands Moths don't do that. Moths' wings are always flat out to the side. <laughs> so that's a little hint on how you can tell them apart. And the other way is the antenna, because the butterfly antenna, do you know what antenna are? Those, yes, exactly. You have them, and I didn't even see them. Well, Leo, well, I did them with my fingers, like all those, my all fingers those on top of my head. So a butterfly antenna looks like a stick with a little ball at the end and a moth antenna looks like a feather. So that's how you can tell them apart. And so when they wake up, they have been in that state. And remember how I said they had let themselves get cool. When they're cool, they don't move. Well, now it's starting to get warm and all of a sudden their bodies are warming and they are now, now the muscles can move. And so you'll see them gently testing those wings, see if everything's still in place. And they start gently, it, the trees, when you see the trees, and I'm, you're going to have to ask your mom to do this, when you see the, nicely, of course, because she has lots of stuff to do, um, that when you see these trees, they look like they're covered in butterflies. And all of a sudden, when they get the heat, their wings start going and they let go and they drop off and they can fly and start the first part of the migration. By the way, I'm talking about monarchs all this whole time when I'm saying that, not, not pipe vine swallowtails. How do pipe vine swallowtails survive the winter? Um, well, a lot of them don't, to tell you the truth, but enough of them, butterflies lay thousands of eggs, hundreds of eggs, let's say. Wow. And by the way, this is very cool. When, when they lay eggs, they put a little coating around it that has a lot of nutrients in it, you know, the stuff that you get in food. So guess what the caterpillar eats when it's first born? It the eats egg the egg. The eggshell. Isn't that yes. cool that the mom said, here's your, here's your, first, here's your first lunch? Babies don't do that. And birds don't do it either. Right, they don't. You're, they don't, but other mammals will eat those shells because they need the calcium. So when the birds flick those shells out of the nest, the rats and voles at the bottom of the of the in the forest will come and eat eat those eggshells. Wow! It, nothing's wasted in nature. Do you have any questions for us? How did you get so interested in science? Well, like, how did we start the podcast? Like, how did I get the idea for no. the podcast? Yes. I did this horse report in first grade. And then when I found this microphone in daddy's office, I asked what it was for. And daddy said it was for recording. And I said, what did you record with it? And daddy said, well, Uncle Tommy got one and it came with another because Uncle Tommy is making a Toothonomics podcast. And I do not want to turn this into an advertisement for Toothonomics. And daddy is the editor. Um, the other thing is, I was going to tell you one more thing that, you know how I said some things have just names that we talk to each other with, and then some have fancy names. All butterflies and moths, their fancy name is Lepidoptera, Lepidoptera. 
And so lepid, lep, the lepto means scales because they're covered in scales. If you touch a butterfly, you'll get, it looks like dust. But the last part of its name is Terra, Lepidoptera. Have you ever heard of a, of a pterodactyl? Yes. Like okay. the dinosaur All that right. fly. So Terra means wings. So it's called a scaly wing. That's a butterfly. Thank you for being on the podcast. It was seriously my pleasure. Seriously my pleasure. Can you tell I love this? So I love to talk about it, and I want everybody else to know about it too. And you know what it is? One time my daughter told me, the nicest thing she told me was that when she would go out and sit in the grass, one thing I taught her was it's you're not just sitting in a big, green, empty place. Take a look at what's around you. Take a look. And there's a whole world there that, some people don't even notice and they miss all this fun. Anyway, thank you. And now it's time for our animal fact of the week. Bees have five eyes. Bye.